What's up, guys? Heathen Culture Podcast. Listen, um, in my introduction, I mentioned this individual. Um, my very first podcast I was ever on, he he hosted it. My uh, the person that kind of like always been uh, my hippie friend, my buddy. Guys, he is a singer songwriter. He is a published author. He has the Exploring Humans podcast. He was probably one of the strongest influencers during the COVID-19 with setting up everything for F45, doing their all their online stuff, showing the pre-workouts, all that fun stuff. Mr. Juddy Ferguson in the house. What's up, man? What's up, man? What's so good to see your smiling face. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's funny, like everybody I meet, it's like, there's it's like it's, nothing's going. On. We just hug each other. You yeah. Know? It's like it's there's nothing like going on. This, we're just normal as can be with it. Yeah. I think that uh, the one thing that you've done so well here is just created a community um, that's very welcoming. You know, I mean, obviously you could tell there's guys that are way bigger than me. They can push more weight, but never once did I ever feel like inferior. You know, yeah. they, they were always just like coming up to me and. It's like we're all, all of us are on a different path of our fitness journey. Yeah. It's not that one's doing better than the other. It's kind of like, what's your journey and what are your, everyone has different goals. Absolutely. Well, it's uh, like you just walked in and like Tyler's like, Johnny! Yeah, <laughs> you know? man, it feels good. It feels good. <laughs> I miss this community for sure. For sure. Now, how, how, is it, how does it compare to what you do right now? Yeah, so right now I'm coaching at F45 uh, Edo and F45 Memorial down in Houston. And uh, we did uh, appreciate the shout-out during COVID. Man, that was a crazy time. So we had to close down. I believe the date was like March 18th. That was the same day you guys had to shut down. Yeah. Um, so immediately I knew that we had to the – whole, the whole problem was, and I'm sure you faced this too, was how do we keep members – paying their dues and what do we provide to them for that um so i knew that we had to record full length workouts is seven days a week like we always do uh, that's what we do we have workouts seven days a week and i said i look at ally and, and she's a one of our female coaches and uh, i'm like look you ready to do seven <laughs> you ready to do seven workouts a week i've never trained so hard in my entire life i mean it trumps like uh, two a day or two days at football, even though the heat was pretty bad, it trumps everything else I've ever done. And uh, so we recorded and uploaded. And I didn't know really anything about video editing, man. Like I oh, just yeah. <laughs> I just logged into iMovie and watched a couple of YouTube videos, and I was like, well, I'll figure this out. And I think um, I got better because I look at the first video I did. I'm like, oh, that was atrocious. That oh was yeah, so bad, you know. And I look back at it now and and thought to myself. Um, I can make this better. And I think the game changer was in these workout videos was the timer because I didn't have the timer at first. Yeah. So people like they want to listen to their own music when they work out. And I totally get that, too, because my musical tastes are different than theirs, you know. And uh, so once I got the timer in place, we just kept on going. So every day I would um, upload a Zoom link via email, email all of our members, pray to God that the link was not broken ah, yeah. and the video was uploaded. And I remember I would. We would go film the workout. I would rush home, edit, film it, upload it. Um, and then, like, the internet was so slow at the time because everyone's at home 
bandwidth like, is just oh dude up. it yeah. was terrible it was terrible and uh i think a 45 minute video would typically take about three to four hours upload time on YouTube. And once it finally did, like I was, sometimes I was up, man, till like 10 o'clock at night, just praying that the workout for the next day was uploaded. Like, please go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, when I filmed those workouts, I will say the members are very grateful. I had a really good feedback and um, it was really, it just made me very appreciative of just fitness communities in general, regardless of where they are. Cause I really do think regardless of what type of training you're doing, as long as you have like a front runner like yourself who and creates this like positive and, and welcoming vibe, it doesn't matter what you're doing. As long as the community's tight and you got a strong community who helped you with your new gym, who helped you yeah. carry weights in their car. Like yeah. I was talking to, uh, what's his name? I just met. Chase. Yeah. Chase. Chase. Yeah. Like he, he had weights in his, uh, what kind of car does he have? He had, he had a Honda pilot that had about 5 million miles on it <laughs> and he put the weight in the back. I mean, we're talking just low rider, like all the way over here. Like his front end was floating. It was like doing the tires and they barely land. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's just a true testament that what you've built is, is so strong and people would do that for you. And so, I kind of felt that same foundation with our F45 studios because like I said, like I'll, I'll say first and foremost, there's not one best like type of fitness. There's not like, we're not going to claim that F45 is the, the best or Orange Theory, our competitors, like the best, whatever. It's like, regardless, if you're putting in heart and passion, I don't care what you're doing. As long as you're moving your body. That's what makes the difference. You Absolutely. Know? Because it's all just finding a fit of what works best for you. Like this is like a bodybuilder home because they know that they're going to get the equipment they need. But also it's got it's good. I see people that are doing like rehab and I see people that are doing like functionality and mobility. And that's huge because you have such a good group of uh, people here that have different forms of education and fitness. And yeah. so once I once I. Um, once we reopened, it was um, a slow and steady start, and now we're to the point where they have um, their own pods that they work out in with their own equipment. So we had this one program that was so annoying, and I'm, I think they're happy they're not using it. The first phase when we reopened was um, it was called the ultimate version of our programming. So basically, you would do all your working sets at your station and then wipe down. <laughs> and they, oh, got, wow. they got so tired of wiping down. Like we have 18 stations. So I'm like three deadlifts and then I got to wipe. Second station is like chest press. Okay. Three chest press intervals. And then I got to wipe. And I'm like, we went through so much bleach and so oh, much. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. So then F45, the one thing they did, we've had really good support from them. So they came out with something called circuit and now so if there's nine stations, you're at station one, I'm at station two, you are doing completely different workout than I'm doing. So you may see like a deadlift with kettlebells. I'll have uh, maybe a hinge, like a hip hinge uh, deadlift with dumbbells or a barbell or whatever. So they use their own equipment. And so now they feel more secure, like a lot of people that are kind of freaked out because we can go on and on about the media creating this like fear. And I'm just like, man, people have just are so scared. I feel bad for their stress and their anxiety because it has caused, I mean, you know, more than Str anyone. Stress, stress is like, is the biggest enemy to your immune system. No, oh, for, oh, for sure. Your, your, your immune system, also 100%. Your, your CNS, yep. your central nervous system. If 
we already tax it by working out. But right. Then you throw in the the extra stress of media saying you can do this and mm -hmm. your job shutting down or laying off or furloughing or whatever. I mean, that that's going to kill you. Yeah. Like so, you have to go. All right, I got to control what I can control. Mm -hmm. And then I got to let this other stuff go. Yeah. And that's the hardest part. And and the thing is, is like, you know, I talk about, you know, this not being a fitness podcast, but I always lead it with something fitness because mm -hmm. physical fitness is the direct pathway to mental health mm -hmm. for so many people. Absolutely. I mean, you talk about people who are addicts, people who are uh, eating disorders, people who, who struggle with bulimia. They go through fitness and things like that to combat it. I mean, PTSD, another great thing. Yeah, yeah. And so that's just one of those things. Yeah, and I feel that I feel that um, all that stress and anxiety has caused people to just kind of lose their grip on reality, you know. And and uh, so we had um, members. We had this one female member, bless her heart. You know, she she wanted to come in. She wanted to train, and I was doing everything in my power to kind of make her feel comfortable and. And one day she comes into the studio. She's like, how many people are in the class today? And I'm like, oh, we got a small class, maybe six or seven people. So she was okay with that. You know, even though we do have them six feet apart in our gym, it's still just like that lingering fear. And so then right behind her walked uh, another female member who had had COVID like four or five weeks ago. And she's, uh, she says, oh, yeah, you know, you haven't seen me because I got COVID. And it's just a matter of time before everyone gets it. I'm like, can you put a lid on it, yeah. <laughs> please? Like although, you're, although you're saying what I, I, I believe, um, <laughs> yeah. can you not scare everyone else? Yeah, because I've come to find out, and I don't know if you've seen this too, but in our, but in our studios and in general, people who have already got it have kind of just checked out. So they're like, I don't need to abide by all these rules and regulation because I already got it. I'm like, I, I totally get it. Like I totally get both standpoints, but for me, I'm like, as a coach, like it is my job to not only guide them through physical training, but also mental training too, as well. It's like, I, I kind of often teach our coaches, you know, it's almost like a psychological thing too. Like if you have someone that walks in the door and they have a terrible day, hard day at work, it is our job before they walk onto the floor to get them in the right mindset. So I'm always asking them like, ah, you know, I know you've been working hard, man, but I'm so glad you're here. I know it took a lot for you to just muster up the courage to get in here and get your oh, ass, yeah. get your ass kicked for 45 minutes, yeah, you know? Absolutely. So, um, I remember, uh, one, one, one of my, uh, buddies at the gym, shout out to Deontay. He's, uh, one of our uh, members that's been with us a long time and, and uh, he fights traffic often when he comes to the studio, and uh, and so one day he came in. He's like, uh, he uh, this was before COVID, so I was able to hug him, <laughs> even though like I hug everybody anyway. Yeah. But he um, he said, man, it was just a terrible day, you know. This and this happened. This happened, and I came and I just like put my arms around him. I'm like, look, man, like you're here, you're alive. Let's have some fun. And I said give me one song that you like to work out to just give me just spit it off the front the top of your head and i think it was uh gym class heroes or, or i think it was gym class heroes if i remember correctly and so i added it to the playlist and 
and that made his day. You know, like, oh, yeah. yeah. So it's something small that you can do to enhance people's experience. And I think that like a lot of people always ask me, like, how are you so happy all the time? You always have a smile on your face, even when the world's going to hell. And for me, it's like, I'd rather be that way because I feel so much better being that way. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like I can. And I told my parents too, my mom, especially, I was like, you're, you guys are going to feel so much better not watching the news. You know, just you guys are at home. You're doing everything you can to stay safe. And for me, it's like there's no other way. I've designed my mind to think there's no other way to go but positivity. Absolutely. You know, it's like why, like I can look at a situation. I remember the other day I was on YouTube and I was like, you know what? I'm going to uh, YouTube like. Um, they have those positive videos that are like my faith in humanity restored. So it's a lot of like random acts of kindness. Yeah. And bro, I was in tears, happy tears for like 20 minutes going <laughs> through all, cause it was just like a puppy being saved. You're like, yes. Yeah. I was like, Oh my God, this is so amazing. You know? And, uh, and so it just felt so good seeing the, the beauty in humanity and seeing people help each other. Cause I think that's just what binds us all well, together. Yeah. Well, like. I think the best way to talk about like where your mindset comes from is kind of where, you know, your past is from, you know, a lot of people don't realize you're once a police officer, you know? So I think you get a lot of your, your ability to work through things from there. But I mean, you've had some crazy jobs. You, you, you've lived a wild life, man. Like, you know, I knew you for about um, just shy of a year before you went to Hong Kong for two years. Mm -hmm. Shanghai. Shanghai. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Shanghai. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you have this, this awesome, like wonder mentality that I, I just, man, I can, if I can get behind it, I'm going to one day, like, you thank know, you. The, every day the business does better and better. And I, I looked at summer and I was like, cause our friends just bought a travel trailer. They downsized their entire life. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm this close. <laughs> I, I will sell everything, but my, my, my dream car that I have and we can, we'll just go live on the road or something. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. You mentioned that because I'm on the cusp of that too. I'm definitely moving overseas in January. Bali's my number one pick, but, um, I feel that when I moved over to Shanghai, um, as a fit, I was a fitness coach over there and I saw people like live off three dollars a day four five dollars a day and they were so happy you know they were just happy to be alive and thank god i got out of china right before covid because i would have been locked into the country i couldn't be able to come yeah. back so for those of you listening i came back august 1st so pretty much a year ago august 1st uh 2019 and i've been back a little over a year and um when i was over there it just the people that I met from all over the world just made me realize the world is so much bigger than I thought it was. And there's so many, so many places I want to explore. And so being back home, it was really nice because I got to connect with you again, just seeing how you're doing. You've always been flourishing and making moves and you're just a hustler, man. Like the thing <laughs> I that I like that. about you is that you don't ask for handouts. And that's very rare when it comes to someone who, um, is in the fitness industry sometimes it's always like well hey man can you give me a deal on this or you in like but it's more of like i got to put the work in and now those people are coming to you because of your hard work ethic and when you surround yourself with people like yourself and other friends in my life that's one thing i did during covid people really changed you really saw yeah. people's true identities and people who i thought i knew i don't yeah and so 
it's like at the end of the day, I'm like, look, man, you, you're going to have your views or whoever it is. You're going to have your views, and I respect that. But at the same time, I only surround myself with people that that only bring me positivity and kindness and uplifting. And you're if you're not a part of that, I just yeah. can't have you with me. Well, and I think that, you know, we get lost in this modern day of, oh, well, you don't, you don't make this kind of money. You mm-hmm. don't have this credit. And... I don't want to be friends with you. Like right. to me, success, it, success. There's some part of success that involves money. Sure. But to me, success is like happy, positive, like people that uplift instead of bring you down. Mm-hmm. And thing is like, I've worked so hard to change my circle of friends. You know, it used to be like, Oh, what can I get for free? This and that. Now I'm just like, I just want to hold people and go, man, everything's gonna be okay. Like, mm-hmm. Like I try to look at the positive things of life yeah. so much more now. Like, like I tell you all the time, I'm envious of you because you get to go just fly out, do your <laughs> thing, enjoy yourself. And I'm like, one day I'll get there. But for me, it's like, I don't know if I could do it because I love surrounding myself with the people that mm-hmm. are here. Yeah, I love surrounding myself with like, I love helping people get to the next level in their yeah. life. It's just, it's fun for me. Yeah, and I mean to be in your position and to watch people i mean when you like you'll see people change physically like in the gym but when you see people change mentally like they're like say someone comes into legacy barbell and they're they're like man i have a bad body image i'm not as strong as all these guys are um but when you see them thrive and understand that like holy shit like i am really changing my body and they now thrive on it and it's the community and the vibe that you build within that space and I think that you know it's funny because my parents like I have I have two younger brothers Josh and Warren and uh, I actually played a hockey game with them last night man, oh, I saw the pictures. oh my gosh I was trying to keep up with them man I was like man I've missed this so much I'm gonna start playing hockey with them again it was a lot of fun um they're definitely sharp shooters man they got way more accuracy than I do that's why I play defense yeah <laughs> so um but out of us three brothers, uh, I would say I am the most unpredictable. And that's kind of like, my dad doesn't mind it, but my mom's like, well, I don't know. You should probably settle down and <laughs> find you a good pr- find you a good girl, you know? <laughs> but, oh, yeah. But for me, um, you know, it is, it is risky kind of going to a different country just because you don't know, like, you have to verse yourself on the rules, like especially with China. China had so many rules as a foreigner, and every time that tensions between the U.S. and China were, like, tight or kind of like, uh, what's the word, kind of the tension was kind of, like, tough, um, then the rules would change like that, you know. And um, so I think that for me, it's I'd like to try to reach as many people as I can with positivity. They don't have to necessarily – you know, like I would love to affect them as a coach and get, help them get fit, but more of like, how can I mentally pass something on? Because if I'm with someone um, and I just have a 30 minute conversation with them, it can change a lot, you know? And so, yeah. And that's what I'm kind of veering off of is I've started uh, on my website. Um, I've started, I'm launching it next week, but I'm basically doing Zoom coaching sessions like sleep coaching. Um, nutrition coaching and just like just give me 30 minutes of your time and I promise I'll give you the tools you need because I feel that a lot of times like I have a friend of mine 
that one of our members, she goes to a nutritionist, and some of the things he said to her make zero sense. And, like, you know, she's paying, like, an astronomical amount. I'm not saying that, like, there's a really good nutritionist out there, I believe, but the what he was saying like just the different dietary stuff that he told her i'm like you're this diet is going to crash and burn you're going to hate it in like three yeah. weeks anyway but i think that if i'm able to travel more and just reach more people and like how can i help them you know like i can't help everybody in the world but i come to someone like i remember i was in bali this is uh the story like i was in bali a year ago I took a vacation there when i was living in shanghai it was two weeks and it was just a beautiful country. And so I went to get um, a SIM card because when you go over there, you need a new SIM card to get like a phone number, text yeah. around and use all that stuff, data. Or, so like I needed that data for maps for sure <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> to get around. So I go up to the guy. It, I, he was probably my age, uh, around mid 30s. And um, so he was sitting there in his little hut and he was like selling the cell phone plans and the SIM cards. And then it was a child. Um, right behind him, just kind of laying on a bed, you know, but she looked sick, like ill. And um, she's probably about six or seven years old. And I said, hey, man, um, is that your daughter? And he's like, yeah, she's like really sick. Um, and, um, and I was like, you know what, man? And I think it was the equivalent of maybe like 50 US dollars. I can't remember what it was because like the currency there, it's, it's real cheap over there. Everything's yeah. real cheap. And I said, I hope this helps her get the medicine that you need. If you need to take her to a doctor, I hope this helps, you know? Because, I mean, like, the yeah. SIM card is so cheap that yeah. I said, hey, man. And just, like, knowing that, just if you can just pass that along. Like, luckily, I had some extra money at the time. But I think that if you can meet someone and pass some sort of piece of positivity or knowledge or something, you, you're, the world's a better place. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I for me, it's like in the last couple of years, I, I've become increasingly more blessed to be able to do things. And, and I think like in this, this crazy life we lead, we lead, it's, we've kind of lost that, uh, that human touch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not going to get into it cause I don't want to put anybody's business out there, but, uh, just recently someone in my life, you know, fell on hard times. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, my, another friend of mine, told me one time he bought me dinner and I said, man, you don't do that. He goes, no, no, let me be a blessing. Let me be a blessing. And I've always took that. I've always taken that and went, you know what? If someone's giving me the opportunity to be a blessing, I want to be one. Mm-hmm. So what I went out and did was, uh, the person in my life that I'm very close to, we got a lot of pride. And I was like, Hey man, look, I love you. Mm-hmm. Your family. This is not a, you never have to pay this back. There's no guilt in this. There's no strings attached. This is a gift from me to you. Mm-hmm. Take care of what you need to take care of. And that's it. And I yeah. just, you know, it was something I, I could do and I felt warmth in my heart to do it. And I, I don't want a shout out. I don't want congratulations. I don't want uh, them to say thank you. I just say, hey, man, here you go. Yeah. Because that, that's what it's about. Like, I truly enjoy those acts of kindness now. Yeah. And it's it's just the thing one of the one of the several billion things i love about you is that <laughs> is that you know you don't ask for recognition and um that's huge cuz nowadays everyone's looking for like a pat on the back for the stuff they did but i think it's important that you know it's a truly humbling act that you did for your friend and i think that also 
to make people feel like they don't owe you anything, what I often do is if I do someone a favor, I'm like, hey man, you don't owe me anything, but the next time that you have an opportunity to do something for someone else, pay it forward. Just do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Pay it forward because, you know, um, uh, I had one of my friends in, um, I go to this place called Toot Sweet down in Houston. It's a super cool place and um, really good food, uh, but really good vibe though there. The crew is like, I know everyone by name. And this guy was um, kind of, uh, man, his, uh, his like, uh, back was hurting him because he slept on it wrong. And, and he was having trouble, like, with his uh, shoulders or whatever. So you could see him kind of walking funny. I was like, hey, man, I got this uh, Theragun, you know, yeah. that I use all the oh, time. Oh, those are great. Oh, I love those things. I was like, I'm going to zap you, man. I'm going to zap you for, like, 20 minutes. It's just going to hurt. Like, I'm just going to dig into that tissue. And so he stood there, and I was just, like, drilling him and, and it was funny because he was like taking orders at the same time, like in between orders. Like, was, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like behind the counter, you know, just digging that tissue out. He's like, thank you so much, man. Like, do I owe you for that? I was like, dude, come on, man. We're, we're buddies. It's all good. But like the next person that buys like a coffee, just give it to him on the house, like, or something like that. Yeah, just of course. do something like kind for someone, you know, because. I think that one thing that I've realized is something so simple that you can do is just to ask someone how their day is. Oh yeah. You know, and uh, there's, there's this, I was at Sprouts the other day doing some grocery shopping down in Houston. <laughs> like this one manager, she, uh, she needs to vent. And I know that, and I don't know if she like picks up on the fact that I like, or knows who I am really. But I, every time I go in there, I try to go to her register yeah. and say, how are you doing? Well, you know, these college kids don't clean their <laughs> register and stuff like that. Oh, I was God. like, oh, man, I'm sorry. You know, like I was a college kid, too. I was sure I was a piece of crap, too. But I'm like, look, all you can do is show them that, that you know, like they could be a better employee if you al allow them to. And, and not everyone's perfect, but I am so glad. And I told her, I was like, I'm so glad that you're in charge of this place <laughs> because like imagine if one of them was your in your position as a manager, oh man, nothing would get done, you know? Oh, so yeah. it's sometimes people just need, like maybe no one's listened to them the entire day. They've been getting yelled at, at their boss or they've been getting yelled at by their spouse or whatever. Or they're having to wear a mask and sit behind plexiglass <laughs> and then they're just tired of it. Yeah, man. It's like, yeah, yeah it's a, uh, it can be, and I will say this, like, and uh, to a credit to our F45 members, um, everyone has been very respectful about the, the measures that we've taken, but they, we haven't had any pushback from anybody like, oh my gosh, I have to wear a mask on the way in. And I'm like, don't worry, you don't have to worry about the workout. And, and so like, oh my gosh, we got to check temperatures. And I'm like, look, like this is just a protocol. And now they're to the fact where they just check the temperature themselves. Here, you know, there's a go. Say I'm good. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm like, oh, we're 98.6. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. 98.5. I'm a little cold-blooded today. <laughs> so I think that if you can, again, going back to paying it forward, that's what means the world a difference. Oh, yeah. If you can just take time out of your day to think about someone else's needs it yeah. means the world to them in your uh in your in your time here i mean being home in texas mm -hmm. versus like being in shanghai mm -hmm. you know what is the core fundamental difference here? i mean other than obviously loca location mm -hmm. but like you for a long time for like a couple of years shanghai was home yeah it was yeah for two years i would say you know, 
um, over there, so you have a communi- communist country, so the rules are pretty strict on foreigners. Um, it's funny because things that things that are easy in China because of the technology are a little bit tougher here, and also vice versa. Like for instance, um, if I were to go in China, if I were to go to a bank and just transfer funds, U.S. dollars over there, it's like an act of God. Like it's like it's like to go in with my passport to fill out all these forms, and by the time I'm hit with all the fees, like five hundred dollars turns into like four twenty-five or something like that. Whereas here, it's just I gotta transfer funds to an account. It's not a big deal. Do everything electronic because China's financial system is very much old school, where they don't have a lot of online banking because they don't want to be hacked by anybody. So they Correct. do things very old school. Um, I would say that um, in the the one of the biggest differences is like the freedom that you have. Like you have a lot of freedom here to be you want to be, believe in what you want to believe in. Um, and over there, you know, like it, they're mostly atheists over there. And, yeah. uh, so like there was no talk about religion and there was no talk of, uh, churches or anything like that. Um, but I, I would say like the freedom is like the, one of the number one things that you have between the two. Now I will say this, like the chi- in the Chinese culture, like everyone that I met came across was completely respect, uh, respectful towards me. And they didn't look at me and say, you know, like their view on Americans is like they envy uh, the freedoms that we have. They envy like that the, some of the best music in the world comes out of America. They're like, dude, you have so much good music. That comes oh, yeah. Out of this. You oh, know? Like, absolutely. Yeah. So they're very envious of that because um, they can't see these artists in Shanghai. Like, you know, I don't I don't know if Bruno Mars will ever go to like Shanghai because you have to get clearance too. speaking of which I saw Mike Shinoda of Lincoln Park, who's yeah. now running solo. And uh, I saw him in Shanghai, and it was amazing. But he had to cut out all of his cuss words. That's one of the rules oh, yeah. as there's, an artist. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. no cussing. Yeah, and so, um, uh, but, like, the mu- like all the music. Like, I remember I went to one outdoor music festival, and um, I forget what the band was, um, but they were a cool, like, blues band out of the States, and it was just, like, a huge deal. Everyone went there just because the experience of this music, and it's kind of like, oh, man. Like you can go to free music festivals all the time, or not free, but like free little concerts all the time in like a major city in Houston. But they yeah. can't like really do that. I mean, you can go see like some people, but like a real show with like the big big names, yeah, it's very rare, very rare. Well, like you know, with a lot of things what we deal with in in this country in the U.S., it's like so many people look at um, China and the way it's ran. And I'm, you know, I actually use you as a, as a great example. You know, you're free, peace-loving, cool guy from America, and you're over there, and the rules are completely different. Mm-hmm. And people are like, we need that same thing here. And I'm like, I don't think you realize what you're giving up. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say that, like, it was always... Um, it's not for everybody living in China, that's for sure, because you have to understand that you have to play by the rules and it's not like there's no loopholes for foreigners there's no like shortcuts everything is by the book like i remember getting my visa was like a work visa was an absolute nightmare it took me six months just to get it cleared even though i'm, I'm working for like yao capital yao ming's financial institution yeah. yao's like 
the number one celebrity over there. He is God. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so even working for his company, I really had to prove like here is my criminal history. Here is my. I remember the hardest thing to get, and this is something that I learned real that I learned that I never thought existed. So. When you go to the Chinese consulate in Houston, I don't know if you heard that story, but they got in trouble recently. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Documents. That was the place where I got my. my, No kidding. Yeah, that was the place where I got my um, work visa. So, the problem is, man, the Chinese. uh, So imagine a DMV where they don't speak English, and that's what that was. (laughs) It was so terrible. I go in there the first time because I got rejected my first time when I applied my yeah yeah I remember that yeah so I the first reason why I got rejected is because I didn't my college diploma didn't have um what they call an apostille or an apostle which I've never heard of before so basically um you have um the first line of certification on a document which is a um I'm blanking on the name what's that person that basically uh a notary Thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah, notary. So that's level one. Level two is an apostille or apostle, however you say it, and that's where you send the document to the state, the capital, Austin, Texas, and the the state uh, has to stamp it with a special stamp. I didn't know you had to do that, so you have to do that on all, all the documents. And then on top of that, so then they say, okay, that's done. I get the document back. I have to make copies of all these documents and have them included. But the one thing that drove me nuts was the second time I went, they said, okay, you have to, here, there, was two, there was a copy of something where like the apostille was stapled to my diploma. And they said, okay, you have to make copies of both. But if the staple rips, you have to do it all over again. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like they have a copy machine there. So I'm like separating the pages and I like barely fold them. So I'm like, yeah, so I make sure I don't ri- and And it wasn't like your regular staple. It was like this tiny, like, like very weak. I will staple. tear everything. <laughs> even when you move the paper. Yeah, it's done. And so luckily I got it and they, they cleared me the second time around, but it was, um, and then the renewal wasn't as bad just because I'd already gotten into the country um, but the renewal probably took me like a month or two just to like renew my working status in there. And they want to make sure that they're keeping tabs on me. So it's like, where am I living? Where's my lease agreement? All you, this You have stuff. all these check-ins you got to do. Yeah. 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 And so it's, they're very strict with like letting people in. Um, and, and that's like the hard part of being a foreigner. Uh, if you're, you know, even now, you know, like a lot of my friends that I still talk to, The crazy thing about the coronavirus was before it blew up, like in December, my friends were telling me like word was traveling about it, but they couldn't talk about it on WeChat because they get in trouble by the government because the government. Yeah, it's all document. It's all uh, monitored. Right. For those of you that don't know, in China, they use WeChat for everything. So it's like a one app with all your payments all your work groups, all that stuff, work there, email. There, there's no Facebook. Stuff. Yeah, they, they block everything. They block Instagram. Yeah. They block all your social media. So the the government owns WeChat, right? Uh, yes, yes. And so that's the cool part because I don't think people realize, like, over there, there is no uh, freedom of expression, right? if you will. Yeah. And so, like, you know, I, I, like I said, I use you as an example. I'm like, y'all don't understand 
what actually goes on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because if y'all did, y'all wouldn't be sitting here going, we want this over here. Yeah, yeah. Because, I, I mean, like the... Uh, I will say there's some things they do that keep it pretty strict, but then you sacrifice a lot of things that we take for granted here, you know, in terms of freedom. And um, I think that, like, uh, the technology over there is about maybe five to seven years in advance. (laughs) The funniest thing I saw. (laughs) So I'm in the bathroom at one of our uh, fitness studios that were that yell that that yell and uh, owned and uh, shout out to my buddy James Scott. He's out. He's Jimmy Butler's uh, personal trainer right now of the Miami Heat. Shout out, shout out, yeah, man. Yeah, so James, if you hear this, bro, I love you. I miss you. Um, but uh, anyway, he brought me over there. Anyways, so I'm in this bathroom and like for this bathroom was like normal, had toilet paper, all that stuff. So one day I walk in, there's this machine on the left with like a TV screen. And I'm like, what the hell is this? And I look in the bathrooms and the toilet paper is not in the bathrooms, in the stalls anymore. So I'm like, what's going on? So they have this facial recognition machine. You put your face in the camera, it scans it, and then it allocates you a certain amount of toilet paper. <laughs> and it's not a lot. So, so if, you, if you had a high five, you gotta go, diet, uh, man. Like, so one day, oof. like one day, and that's what you realize the food over there can disrupt the gut because I'm very careful about what I eat. And so one day I was feeling it. So, like, I, I grabbed one of the other coaches I was working with. I was like, hey, man, I need your face real quick. <laughs> <laughs> so I got my face, got the toilet paper, got his face in there. Put your head down here. Yeah, and I think that if I remember correctly, it like once your face is recognized with this, it's like you're locked in for an hour or something like that. So you can't get more until an hour later. It reset. Yeah, crazy, right? Wow. So it's stuff like that that they've kind of introduced, and um, so it's crazy. Like technology is crazy over there, but. The one thing that I could not wrap my brain around was the crazy work schedules they have, especially for the high-tech startups. Because a lot of people here, you know, like, oh, man, working the weekends, 9 to 5, overtime, all this stuff. Now, granted, people like a lot of my friends who are like doctors and nurses, my hat's off to them because they work tirelessly around the clock, you know. But um, And those hours are unforgiving uh, often. So they have two, um, they have two work schedules that I've never heard of before. They're called a nine nine six and a double oh seven. So okay. the, yeah, so the nine nine six is nine a.m. to nine p.m. six days a week, and these are for the tech startups like that are like grinding and they're trying to. There's a whole bunch of competition, but then the double oh seven is even worse. It's ten a.m. to ten p.m. seven days a week, no days off. So those are the two most common like work schedules because someone someone uh, was talking to me when I was in Shanghai. They're like, "Man, have you heard of the 007? I'm like, "What are you talking about? 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. seven days a week." I'm like, "Count me out," you know. Yeah, I'd rather noise. be washing dishes, you know, if at least I had a day off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. So, like, when you were over there, what, like, you didn't follow like a. A nine nine six or anything like no, that. No, right? so I was um, so the first job was I was a strength and conditioning coach for the professional basketball team, the Kings. They were called the Shanghai Kings. Um, so I would basically train them during the season uh, while they were at home. I wouldn't travel with them, 
But uh, the bulk of my job was a startup uh, called Method Fitness, MTHD for short, um, that my James, uh, my buddy James Scott uh, created. And so it was a lot like F45, uh, TV screens, circuit training, but we also had uh, Pilates-based programs, stuff like that. Um, so my schedule was kind of like the schedule I have here. I would coach mostly in the mornings. I wouldn't really do nights, have a couple days off. And, uh, so I would kind of do like, a like they don't get up, get up there super early. So I think our earliest class was uh, 6 a.m. And then, so I would do like a 6 a.m., 715, 930, um, up until noon, basically noon was like my last class. And so that's kind of what I have now, which I like, cause I, didn't know I was a morning person until I got my uh, diet under control in, in college. And um, I started to realize that my ADHD brain needs uh, some medicinal help, mainly in CBD oil, to help me like calm my mind down. And I've been on CBD. I didn't really know about CBD back in the day, um, but I've been taking it for about a year now. And man, it is just totally helped my sleep my stress my anxiety because as having being diagnosed with adhd i think i was maybe eight seven or eight years old i i, I soon realize now that i just learn differently yeah i have to really prioritize my projects and or anything that i'm doing and so cbd uh has really helped and it's funny too because when i talk about cbd there's so many people that like roll their eyes at me because it's unregulated well that it's everywhere yeah so like the stuff that you're getting is probably bs um but um i think that like i've tried multiple brands and uh the one that i stuck with is called x works it's x w e e e r k s anyway um, they're super cool, low key group. They don't do a lot of marketing, but they're based out of Colorado. And so they have full organic spectrum oil. And so when I, the, the main, the three main things that I noticed was number one, things that used to stress me out just didn't anymore. Like, um, my car breaks down, whatever. I got to take it in and I got to get an Uber. Who cares? Um, or one of the TVs goes out at F45 the whole workout's not ruined we can make do i'm just gonna have them hey man do some bicep curls call yeah. it a day yeah <laughs> you know it's like well, do some squats you know squats in 21 yeah right. exactly and so um and then number two would be my workout recovery has increased tenfold i mean like so yesterday i played hockey for the first time uh in three years with my brothers josh and warren and uh man it was tough like it's just explosive high paced uh sprinting like the entire time while handling a puck (laughs) which i need to work on because my brothers are so smooth when they do it that's the one thing that i lost like over time is like just the coordination and so i finally was able to get it back towards the end so you know playing it i can feel a little tightness in my hip flexors uh from that but i'm not at all sore because it reduces inflammation and then today I went to Row House, uh, which is over in Hughes Landing, and so Renee's a GM over there. Oh, really? Yeah, cool. Yeah, um, she's good. So Val is a coach. I used to coach with the F45 up here, and uh, I was like, I want to take your class, you know. And, and she great class, by the way. Uh, it was really fun. I had a really good time, and um, 
And uh, but I was like after that row, like for 45 minutes, I was like, man, I'm going to be smoked. But I feel good. Like there's not any pain. So I'm able to recover faster in between workouts. Now, when you say CBD, mm-hmm. are you taking like a tincture, the capsules? Or are you yeah. smoking it? Like- so um, I take the liquid drops at night. Okay. And so it's full spectrum organic uh, CBD oil. So I take uh, two uh, two. What would you call those? Uh, uh, droppers. Droppers. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Two droppers full uh, before each. Uh, before I go to right before I go to bed, and I sometimes take it in the afternoon because it kind of mellows me out, and I'm kind of just like chill. But it's definitely post workout for sure yeah. if I ever take it. And so um, I'm trying to think of what else. Uh, it, it's just like I can't. Some some of them I feel like those drops because uh, they have the capsules too as well and um you know like smoking weed like i did a little bit in college um and um what i found thc in general just makes me super tired for a couple of days yeah. and so that might be good for some people but my adh like what i'm sure you know this like i have a hard time sitting still in one place meaning like not physically but like in my life oh yeah and that's why i like to travel just because i'm like to bounce around but with uh thc it kind of like just mellowed me out way too much just because um you know there'll be a couple days where i'm just like oh man i'm not as productive as i normally am and that's just the way it affects me yeah other other my buddies that that take it it really helps them with their stress and anxiety and all that stuff but for me, the CBD, like if you take away the THC, the CBD just kind of mellows me out. But I don't get that like fatigue or tiredness, I guess, or foggy headedness, I guess. Well, I used uh, CBD after my accident when I have a motorcycle mm. accident. I used CBD to wean myself off of the like the hydros. Oh man, those are bad news. Because I mean, yeah. I wasn't addicted by any means, right. but I mean, I was I was on them for like almost three months. Yeah. And I was in a lot of pain. I just started taking like CBD capsules, mm-hmm. and that kind of helped me get off of uh, get off wean myself off the hydrocodones and on. Mm-hmm. And I, and I felt okay. I mean, it still hurt, but mm-hmm, I didn't. Sure. I didn't have that draw to a painkiller. Yeah. Um. But now, about two months ago, I recently picked up THC. Mm-hmm. And, and anybody that knows me, like, I never smoked mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. I've, I've never even had a cigarette. Yeah. Uh, I had friends buy me cigars and never had a cigar. Yeah. Um, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it out for medicinal purposes. I'm hurting. I'm in pain. Mm-hmm. My anxiety is at an all time high. Mm-hmm. I'm stressed out. I'm, I'm burning the candle at both ends and sure. the middle. And so I tried it. And my first time I'm that, that feeling of high and blah, blah, blah. I didn't feel that. What I felt was, was like, I felt the weight come off my joints. Yeah. And I just felt like, and I felt the weight come off my shoulders and just mm-hmm. that stress and anxiety. I felt that just that decompression. Yeah. And, and so now I've noticed like when I do my cardio, like I don't feel, by the way, I, I'm doing it off of a vape. I'm not doing it off of a flower by any means, mm-hmm. but I'm doing it and like my cardio is fine. My body seems to be recovering faster. Mm-hmm. My sleep is way better. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I used to get, like, two hours of sleep a night. That's what I was going to say, the sleep. I'll talk about that when you're done. Yeah. yeah. So, I, like, I was getting my blood work done. My carbon in my blood was super, super low. Like, he was, like, worried. Because my blood was deoxygenated, and it was just thick. 
Now he's like, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. You're sleeping. I'm averaging like six hours of sleep a night of REM sleep, which is amazing. And he goes, your blood's looking better. Your skin looks better. You can tell you're not as tired. You're not as stressed out. Whatever you're doing, keep doing it. I said, well, I started THC. And he goes, say less. <laughs> Just keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I had always, as a young kid, I always had problems sleeping. And, and now I know it's because of the ADHD brain that I have. And uh, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's just, I I'm mean, like, right. I, yeah, I sit in bed. I'm like, oh, my God, I got to teach three classes tomorrow. Is the playlist going to be good? Like, is it ready? Do I have it ready? All that stuff. And so, um, two, two things that helped me tremendously. Now, CBD doesn't really coast me into sleep. It's just when I do get to sleep, the REM sleep is just on point. I, my dreams are very vivid. I wake up refreshed, but the one thing that helps me go to sleep is valerian root, which is like the root plant that you use, that they use for Valium. When I tell people that they kind of freak out. Cause I remember, man, I had a LASIK eye surgery a long time ago and they gave me Valium and man, I was on top of the world. I was yeah. like, ah, oh, man, this is all good, man. He's like, we're going to zap your eyeballs. I'm like, Oh, cool, bro. Cool, bro. <laughs> Do it twice. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, valerian root you can buy at any over-the-counter like heb kroger um any any grocery store and uh so i take like three or four of those root plants and it kind of just like starts to mellow you out but the the problem is what a lot of people do and this is what i'm kind of working with my dad on is when you take valerian root it is now time to prepare for bed it's not like you take valerian root then oh i'm gonna get on my computer i'm gonna get on my phone like once you take it brush your teeth, get ready for bed, set out your clothes, try to get off technology. And then I just coast, man. And, um, uh, I just, man, my sleep has just been, and that's like going back to the workout recovery. Like I, it's funny too, because I became an affiliate with this X-Works company. So like I have my own link on my own website, but before I even, I haven't really vocalized it at all on social media just because I'm like, all right, time out. If people are going to take me seriously, I need to do a course on yeah. CBD. And so I did. There's an on, there's a lot of them, but I found a, a good CBD courses like CBD physiology um, and then uh, just about the cannabinoid system. And so it really, man, when I took this course, I was like, dude, like this is going to be big. This is going to be big in the next couple of years. Once like it's right, like whenever this, the real science comes out, because they're still doing like testing, yeah. obviously. Um, but, um, I mean, I've, I've recommended like one of my, um, good friends, her cousin, um, has, uh, autism and he, for whatever reason, he had a loss of appetite, probably stress induced, probably anxiety or something. He wasn't eating enough. And so I'm like, look, I, cause I, I gave her some, I had some capsules at the time from x and I was like, Hey, here's 10 of them on the house. Like. I, I want to do this for him, you know, cause they can be sometimes expensive, but X force is really not that bad. Yeah. And so anyways, starts taking them immediately. Hunger comes back. Appetite's back. He's sleeping better. He's doing better. And then his stress is like way, way down. Um, another thing too, funny, funny thing. Uh, there's a company in Houston, um, that has, it's called honest pause and they have CBD dog biscuits. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So my dog, my parents' dog, it's a Bichon, and um, she would get very stressed out and just gnaw on her leg, on her hind leg, and just like, it would just like rupture the skin. 
And so um, I was like, you know what? I'm going to get some uh, CBD biscuits for her. Started taking them, and now the hair's growing back. She no, no she no longer gnaws at her. We haven't, yeah. It's just, it, I, I think that one day, honestly, I know, I know it's technically legal in some right, places, not, right. but like, part of me just wants them to just legalize everything across the board, just so like, yeah, because so, there's so many medicinal things that come with, yeah, for sure, cannabinoids and yeah. and all that stuff, and. I, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'm just and it's yeah. I'm the same way. I could call it wishful thinking all I want, but I mean, the science is starting to back it up now. Yeah, it's like, it would have been nice if it was legal during COVID for people's yeah. stress levels, you know. But liquor, but liquor was stores were open, so that's true. You know, that's true, man. Lots um, of sales were happening. Yeah, man. I uh, I celebrated my uh, five year anniversary at the beginning of this year, so it's five and a half years I've been sober. And man, I'll never go back. It, it's just been life changing. Um, I remember, like, I that's awesome, man. Thanks, very man. proud of you, bro. Yeah, that's thank awesome. you. Like, I, I remember it was. I went hard in the paint New Year's Eve that year, and it was like New Year's resolution. I, I cannot feel. I hate this. Like, I, I, I feel like shit. The hangovers just. Oh man, it it was just got so bad. Especially when I turned thirty, the hangovers just got way worse. And you can't um, run it no more. Can't can't. That's another thing that's helped my workout recovery is is alcohol. Now, like I always talk to people, and you know, like I know it's a part of like social culture and stuff like that. But um, uh, I was at a wedding recently, and uh, I saw the pictures. Yeah, shout out yeah. to Chad and Amanda. It was a beautiful wedding in North Carolina. Anybody who hasn't been to North Carolina, go there. Go to uh, uh, is it Jefferson, Jefferson City. Um, anyway, it was just uh, amazing uh, up there. Very beautiful wedding. But um, always when I'm in like that environment and they know that I'm sober, then I get like you know all these health questions that come up. Like, why'd you do it? Were you an alcoholic? And I was never an alcoholic, but I'm like an all or nothing kind of guy. So, me and you, Henry, we're going out. We go hard. Yeah, you know? we're, we're, we're 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 having a good time, man. <laughs> yeah. So, um, recommendations for alcohol that I would because like I kind of I was kind of. We like six months before I quit altogether, I was drinking in a quote unquote healthy way. And so the one recommendation that I give to people is if you're drinking liquor, try to stick to the clear stuff, the tequila, the vodka, because the darker the liquor, the more sugar it has, like your whiskeys, all that stuff just has way more sugar. Yeah. Um, another thing too, is in terms of like beer, just try to stick to low carb beer if possible. Um, try to stay away from like the big commercial beers because honestly, like there's a lot of chemicals in those. Um, I think they, I remember reading an article that they did and it was like all these, and I'm not going to call them out or anything like this, but there was big company, big beer companies Mm -hmm. that they tested the, like the makeup of the alcohol. And they're like, there's like all these other chemicals in there. But so like my brothers, uh, they brew their own craft beer. Um, So, it's like when are you gonna like when are you gonna blow this up, man? When are you gonna bring it to the bars, you know? But they're just trying to perfect the. Oh it's yeah. Really like, I'm really proud of them because it's just a whole lot of work and measuring and all this temperature, all this stuff. Um, being make, being a brewer is a lot like being a baker. Mm-hmm. It's science. It's mm-hmm. it, you know, I, I say chefs have it easy because you know if you if you're a chef in a restaurant, you know you're you're playing with things. You know how flavors work. Mm-hmm. But when you bake, there's science, you know, yeah. you have, there's heat and there's certain weights and certain textures and you got to put this in cold and this yeah. in warm. 
being a brewer is the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a gentleman in here. I think he's in here right now. Um, he's one of the master brewers for Carbock. Oh, cool. And they were just bought out by a big company. Budweiser bought them out. Yeah. But, I mean, you're talking, we, we start talking about the science behind brewing, mm-hmm. brewing and it's just like, man, that's cool. Like, yeah. I, mean, I don't know if I have the, the I'm not going to say the aptitude for it. I don't think I have the patience for it. <laughs> but uh, it's it's definitely something cool to just watch and get into. Yeah, and I feel, I feel sometimes I feel so, I, I feel like, I'm like, I'm sorry, guys. I'm never going to be able to taste your beer, but I'm sure it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the cool thing about them is they never, my family, my friends. They don't push um, it on you. Never, no one ever judged me. And um, no one ever, you know, said just one drink. I remember one of the, uh, uh, the weddings I went to uh, in Cancun. It was an all-inclusive uh, resort. So it's like alcohol just like flowing. And I remember I was like, man, just stay put. Just be calm. It'll be all right. It was like a year into my sobriety. And when I went there, it's kind of like the first hour before they're drunk is where you catch a lot of crap and they're like, come on, man, come on. And then once they're hammered, they, they don't, don't know. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. They have no and clue. You're drunk too. Man. Yeah, man. <laughs> like I'll have a topo and lime, please. Yeah. Yeah. I normally do like a club soda with lime and just tell everybody it's vodka, but I normally like, and that's another thing too. Um, I would say that, um, the benefits of not drinking anymore. Um, uh, my skin's better. My hair's thicker. Um, gray hair. I don't know if this is all with alcohol, but I think it's related to stress too. Like, uh, I used to have like a little bit of gray hairs down here just pop out when I was like super stressed. They're gone now. Yeah. Um, and so I think that overall it's just much better for me. And I realized that I am a morning person. I just always felt terrible in the mornings because, you know, I was drinking during the weekend or something like that, or my sleep just wasn't good. So, yeah. Diet played a huge role in it, too, because once I changed my diet um, to basically the Juddy diet, it's like because, you know, a lot of I get that question a lot about meal plans and diets. And I'm like, look, like it's really about who you are, what your DNA is, what foods work for you and what don't. That's it. You know Well, I know for a while you you went vegan. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, (laughs) that was awful. It was awful. And then you're like. I'm gonna go do some. I'm gonna throw some fish in there or something. Yeah, yeah. And and I and I I think with diets, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love a cheeseburger and French fries. Sure, it's wonderful. Sure. But I I do like the way you eat sometimes because you eat a lot of greens, mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of salads, a lot mm-hmm. of grain, things like that. Mm-hmm. But you have a good quality protein source, and it's just like yeah, the way you eat, the way you, the way you live your life is very cool. Like I, thanks, man. Like like I, I'm not saying that stroke your ego, or, mm-hmm. but the way you live your life is very cool. And now with like the future of what you got coming up in January, mm-hmm. like going to Bali, mm-hmm. like what's what's going on, you know, in your mind right now as far as like you're you're moving forward, you're moving past F forty five now. Now you're like you're on this crash course with destiny. Yeah. Like what's going through your head now? Like what? Do you, how are you preparing for this? I think that um, I think that for me, everything that I've done in my life from the books that I wrote to which, which by the way the, the books that you wrote <laughs> what's the what's the titles so the first one was I once was a nice guy and if you ever want to hear about my troubled relationships with women or you know like the craziness of it uh, it's on Amazon uh, but I will fair warning I'm a much different man now than I was back then but it's it's just a piece of me and and I kind of like I had to get it out there because 
you know, my relationship with women always in a disaster. And I've been single ever since that last girl in the book, which has been a long time. And I've dated here and there. But for me, it's like, you know what? When the per when the woman that's meant to meet me, we'll meet at the right time. I'm not going to push it anymore. And then the second book was um, Comfortably Drunk. <laughs> so it's uh, I need to go back and revisit that because it was basically the first year of college and all the crazy drunk stories from my year, my first year at Sam Houston State uh, University. And then the last one, well, I wouldn't call the last one a book. It was a short story called Echo. And it's the first time I've ever wrote a fictional story. And it's like a sci-fi story about this uh, man and woman that meet each other. And the guy doesn't know, like, he ended up on Earth. He doesn't know how. And I don't want to, like, ruin it. But that's on Amazon too as well if you just type in my name. But once I did those, I kind of want to revisit writing. I just don't know, like, in what capacity just yet. But I feel, in my mind, in terms of moving on to the future, all these things and stand-up comedy, too, as well. I did stand-up comedy for five years. That was a lot of fun. Have always guided me or is guiding me into this one thing. And for me, it's an app that encompasses fitness, nutrition, mindfulness, happiness, sleep, and reading. You know, like those six things I believe that I have enough skills to provide enough content that's valuable and um still working on a name name is like you know the hardest thing and the thing i like about your gym legacy barbell it just rolls off the tongue very easily lb yeah i'm yeah. going to lb man it's like it's super so like the name and i don't know that's what i was going to ask you too like say you're looking for an app it doesn't have to be a fitness app but any app but i feel that the name of an app is not the most important thing but it's more of like what is the value that that app brings to you absolutely I, I think name recognition you know a lot of it i mean when i started the gym like legacy barbell like the name automatically triggers people to go what yeah honestly man like for me it's it's what you stand behind i mean mm -hmm. you know we call it the juddy diet i mean mm -hmm. juddy life even yeah and then, I mean, that's because I think you have this cool persona that goes along with it. So I'm not saying it, it, it wouldn't be a bad thing to name it after yourself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like Juddy Life. Yeah. <laughs> you know? J Life. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, you can even call it J Life or, you know, something like that. Yeah. I think that um, overall, like what I promised myself, because you know more than anyone, there's a ton of what they call fitness influencers here. And that's why I like about the trainers here, like all the coaches here, because they're real coaches. They don't fake it. No, like, you know absolutely. what I'm saying? Yeah, like they, put no, in, definitely. they put in real work. And so like when I see like a fitness influencer and I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to rag on anybody that like promotes a business or, or whatever. But like if you're, if you're someone who's claiming to be an expert in your field when you're not, that's what bothers me too because people get injured if you don't know what you're doing for me it's like i never wanted to i always like that's why i took the cbd course it's like if i'm going to be promoting a cbd product i need some education yeah period. You, you need you need to be able to back up yeah. and talk about so what i've been doing in the process of building this app on the side is i kind of be i've kind of been quiet about it because i work better when like like i remember i always reference this you remember when Drake came out with that album and no one knew about it and it just dropped. It's like, if you're reading this, it's too late. You yeah. know, like, and that's always stuck with me because I always wanted to say, because everyone's like, 
well, you need to do a pre-sale and pre this and pre that. I'm like, what if I just dropped it out of nowhere and just said, because I, I have a job with that 45 that pays the bills and I'm, I kind of need to be frugal because, um, like, you know, my classes are cut back just a little bit, you know, which is not a big deal for now because of, uh, you know, our reopening. But for me, I just kind of like want to drop it out of the air and just be like, this is what it is. And I want you to experience it from start to finish. And so it's like, um, I'm putting all of my energy in there. So what I've been doing recently is just getting my education in different fitness fields. So I did my yoga diploma. Um, I did my Pilates mat box level one. Um, I'm currently in like a mobility course too, but just to say, not that I want to, and it's not, I'm not trying to say I know everything cause I don't No. but if I can take a regular person who is terrified of the gym or is, is like my, um, some of my brother's friends are prime examples. They're gamers. They love gaming. Oh yeah. They hate the gym. It's not their thing, but like, how can I reach those people and say, look, I'm not asking you to hit a PR on your deadlift, but if I can just get you to move your body 20 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day. Okay, cool. You're not in a fitness. Well, let me work on nutrition because I want you to feel good about yourself. Yeah. And so I think that all these elements that I'm bringing into these app connect to each other. Like, like the reading thing will probably be at like motivational, like uh, motivational poetry. Cause I do like writing poetry. I haven't done it in a long time, but it, I, I don't really do like, like, uh, love poetry or anything like that, but it's more of just like real poetry, like motivational poetry. It's like, what if, what if there's someone's going through a hard time and there's something I can do that they can read, they can, revitalize their mindset or re change who they because like recalibrate exactly good word good word um so i think that like right now moving to bali it's like a fitness cat it's like a huge fitness area but for me it's just being able to be in another spot with fresh ideas because if I'm in there, maybe I can get some local people to do a workout video with me. Yeah. You know? Or I can, I can say, I can, I'm like, I'd like to go to someone in Bali and be like, what is your happiness? Where do you get your happiness from? And how can I pass that knowledge on in my app? Like, Hey man, words I, of wisdom. Yeah. I talked to this local guy. He, he has a family of four and this is his story. So it's like an article about like happiness or something like that. So I think that like, there's so many cultures in the world that have so many good pieces of information about life yeah. that I like to bring that all into one app. So when you do this, like my, my first real um, socially intimate experience with you was the first time we did the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think that's something you're going to continue and, and build off of? Absolutely. Yeah. And I, you know, I need to be, Explore, man. I haven't done I haven't done a podcast in a while. But the thing I like about you is you're just it's all about consistency, and you've been knocking them out, man. That's what it all. That's what it takes. That's what Rogan said a long yeah. time ago. I remember I listened to Rogan, and and uh, he said it's he's like it's just about consistency. It's just having just like multiple podcasts, and so um, I think that um, my podcast it would be a really great opportunity to get someone. Now I might be limited because I need to find someone obviously who speaks English, um, to do a podcast, but it's kind of like interviewing people on a podcast in different parts of the world. Yeah. I think, tell me your story. Tell me your story. Tell me what makes you happy. You know, um, 
you've been around me in summer and we've talked about music and things. Yeah. Like I started interviewing my, my buddies that are in music and you know, when I was in Nashville for new year's, mm-hmm. I asked, uh, cause live music is everywhere yeah. in Nashville. People listen, y'all think y'all know about this. <laughs> listen, live music, it starts at 10 AM and doesn't stop till 3 AM in Nashville. in Nashville. And every artist there plays for free. They play for tips. Wow. So you have people setting up with a three-piece band. They're playing for tips. And so this guy, he, he we're at a well-known country artist bar. Uh, we were at Jason Aldean's bar, which, by the way, great bar. Yeah. Awesome. We were upstairs hanging out. And it was packed. Mm-hmm. And he's going, people from Texas, raise your hand. Clap. And everybody's having a good time. And he goes, we're taking requests. And I went up there, and I, and I had a $100 bill. And I said, I said, here you go, man. And he goes, what do you want to hear? I said, I'm going to have I got a question for you. And he goes, okay, fire away. I was like, what's the song that made you want to get up here and play for all these people for tips for a living just to hope you can make it? And he goes, no one's ever asked me that. Wow. I was like, that's the song I want you to play. <laughs> and he played uh, Your Body's Wonderland. Ah, John Mayer. John Mayer. Yeah. And like. Everybody went crazy. Yeah. But he talked about that one before I before you started playing. I think for you that's the same thing. Like like you you have this ability to bring out the very best in human beings. You've done it with me, you do it with people Thank in you. here. Um I, I for for myself, I mean like I think if you can find a way to work in people's stories, mm-hmm. what makes them happy, what Absolutely. makes Absolutely. If you can like cuz Let's just say you call it J Life, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be your input and your thought processes and and your intellectual side coming out, but people need to hear how other people think mm-hmm. and how other people live their life, and they don't need to hear it from a millionaire's perspective. They don't <laughs> it's need, true. They need to hear it from somebody who's just. Wakes up every day, takes care of their family, and goes. My favorite part of my day is, you know, cracking a coconut on this beautiful beach and get to hang out and <laughs> spend time with my kids. You know. Yeah, because I think that another thing too is people often forget. Like, um, one thing I've found in common with friends of mine, including yourself and a lot of friends I hold dear, is that all of us at one point of our life have struggled. Yeah. We know what struggle is. And I think, and I know I can, by meeting someone and talking with them, I can kind of tell if they've ever struggled before, just, you know, kind of like the way they speak. And so I think that a lot of people like struggling is not being able to not get the color Ferrari that you want. You know, it's like struggles, like, like, uh, what was that story you told me that I thought I'll, I'll never forget it where, um. I say I'll never forget it. And I'm forgetting <laughs> the details right now, but it was like uh, I, I think you couldn't have your AC on at your house for a yeah. time because you were paying for the gym. Oh uh, yeah, we were uh, we were. This is right after I got my power turned back on. Uh, the AC went out at my house. The AC and the heat went out at my house for a year and a half. And you didn't have the money to fix it because nope. the money was tied up in the gym. I was just trying to keep the doors open. And for those of you that don't know, FYI, we're in Texas. <laughs> yeah. It gets yeah. to 114. Oh, man. It was 107 today on the heat index. Man, man. And so I lived in a house. It was like that. And 
you know, in the in the wintertime, we didn't have heat, but, you know, you get to cover up more. So yeah. that was yeah. fine. <laughs> but, I mean, that the, the struggle is what makes you. And I think, like, anybody can go, yeah, so I'm sitting here talking to this millionaire, blah, blah. I think more people need to see the other side of life where it's like, you know, I don't have everything I want, mm-hmm. but I got everything I need. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that... The one thing I've noticed recently coming back is, you know, um, I just see like a flashy car drive by and my old self would be like, oh, I can't wait to get that because then I'm going to get all the girls, which is totally stupid. And now I look at them and I'm just like, man, that is never, ever what I want. Like, that's not what I aspire to be. My aspirations would be how many people can I live a happy life? And I'd rather like my my heroes are like the, the people that are struggling, that are making like that are putting food on the table for their family, that are making those sacrifices. You know, my my mom and dad, God bless them both. They dealt with three crazy rambunctious boys, you know, <sighs> raising up, you know, so. I, I got to give it to them. They really did a great job in, in promoting an environment that, like, we had jobs when we were teenagers. We started, like, oh, yeah. we, we, if we need, wanted something, we earned it. And, and it just brought us, like, full circle because it really made me appreciate, you know, the lessons that they taught me and my brothers because, you know, uh, Josh works for the family business, puts in hard work there, very hard work, you know, with my dad, right next to my dad. It keeps my dad sane, too, as well. Uh, That's what he needs. Yeah. yeah, and then Warren, my youngest brother, works for a startup company, a uh, microbrewery out in uh, Waller, Texas. Okay. Uh, yeah, so they're, like, they're about to start brewing their first beer, you know, so it's it's all, like, putting in that work and being under stress at one point in your life or, or struggle, I should say. Um you know, it's kind of like it. Ma- you're right. It makes you who you are because, you know, when I, um, I'm trying to think of, like, one of the things that I remember when I was a police officer for a very short time in Houston, when I resigned, I said, well, I have to pay rent. I have to. There's. I'm not gonna ask for. I'm not gonna go to my parents and be like, hey, can you, you know, pay the bills? No. Uh, I, I always like tried to never ask my parents for money because of what they provided for me was well beyond anything I could ever, you know, ask for them. But, um, so what I did was I went to back to the Woodlands Pavilion, which is that the outdoor concert venue that's were in, close to us here. Um, and I worked in operations and literally picking up trash like 24 oh, yeah. seven. That's it. Like I clocked in, I would empty the dumpsters and covered in dumpster juice, man. Oh, it was man. gross, like gross. But at the same time, I was like, you know what, you know, it is what I, it is what it is. I clocked in at like 2 PM and then I would get out of there at like four in the morning sometimes, you know, just because like the late night shows and going from college graduate, uh, police academy graduate to picking up trash really humbled me. It really made me think to myself, okay, like if I move to Bali and I have to wash dishes for the first month on there, I'm just gonna do it. Like yeah, I'm not. No. I'm not beyond. I don't. I don't think I'm better than anybody else because I have a degree, or because I have this experience, and I'm more than willing to do the grunt work if it's needed. Um, survival doesn't depend on your pride. It depends on you getting past it. Absolutely. And, and you know, I've for the longest time, like even in this business, like I. I, I took out the trash. Mm-hmm. I still do from time to time. I yeah. take out the trash, clean the bathroom. Yeah. I'll, I'll sit there. I'll spray down the pee on the floor and mop it up. Yeah. You know, and, I, and I talk to the guys here, and, and I know you understand this mm-hmm. a lot. 
but they they call me boss. I'm like, dude, I'm not a boss. I'm, yeah. I'm not. I, I'm a leader. I I will ask you to do something, but I'll do it right there with you. Yeah, it's it's you're the type of person to say it's like you don't work for me, you work with me. Correct. Yeah, we're a team. We're yeah. a team. And yeah. the thing is, is like, although I'm the the leader of the team, you know, I'm I say thank you. I, I texted JB this weekend. I was sitting there Saturday night and said, hey, man, I just want you to know I love you and thank you for everything you do. Yeah. And JB works for me three days a week. And, yeah. And, like, takes care of business. Told Jeff the same thing. He was like, hey, man, thank you for everything you do. I love you. You're awesome. You're amazing. I couldn't do this without you. Like, that's – there's people like that, and people need to understand that's how it needs to be, not this this fake version yeah. that's out there. Yeah. And you, you embody that. I yeah. Think. And I mean, how much time did that take out of your day just to send a simple text message of gratitude and appreciation? Nothing. You Nothing. know, like I, I think like um, I've worked for gym owners or studio owners before in the past that just like zero appreciation. And oftentimes, man, this really like I try to never get angry, which is tough. Like I try to really look at the situation and see, am I overreacting? Am I playing off my emotions? Especially with like members. Like if I never really have like run-ins with members, but like, um, I think that whenever anger triggers you, like your stress hormone goes up, all that stuff, cortisol, all that stuff. So, um, in the years past, like working for gym owners, one thing that not makes me angry, but when gym studio owners go like, well, you guys have it easy just because the TVs are there and you don't have to do anything. And I'm like, you have no idea. Like, come stand with me in a class and I'll show you what it's like. Oh, yeah. You know, like, especially now with COVID. So a couple of our classes are kind of small, so we have to run with one coach, which can is doable, but it can be stressful. Yeah. Um, and so, like, for instance, say I got, I got 10 people coming in. Let's see, two of them are newcomers. Uh, all right, so I they come in, have to check temperatures and everybody, have to assign all the stations to make sure they haven't done the same station twice, all this stuff. Maybe the two numbers, two newcomers come in super late. One of them comes in during the intro, and I'm already talking, so I can't give them that experience. So then, like, that newcomer is, like, confused because they don't know what to do, and I can't, like, stop the entire class and talk to them. It will embarrass them. I don't want to do that. Finally get that newcomer in. Then I get a newcomer that comes in right in the warm-up. Never worked out before in their entire life, and now I have to guide them through a high-intensity circuit training while making sure they're safe, number one, and number two, that they come back. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. if I kill them too bad, they won't come back. Wait, no, I'm out. I'm out. I'm good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So then class starts. Uh, music's blaring. If the music is not good, the whole workout's ruined. You know that. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's like the music's got to be on point. So then automatically one of the TV goes out, and it just so happens the newcomer's TV does go out. So now I'll have to tailor specific workouts for that member to make sure that they're having experience. Then, you know, like, then I got someone over here, and we have two movements. One of, like, station one has a barbell. Station nine on clear across the room has a barbell, too. They're both back loaded. We don't have squat racks. So I have to go load up this bar on this first person on station one and go all the way over to the other side of the room while not running in and into anybody and load that barbell up and then unload them, you know, as sets go off. If someone needs uh, another, if someone needs another weight, I have to go grab weights and like swap plates and all this stuff. Meaning what if like four people in the room all have to switch their barbell weights? Now I'm having a, so it's, 
and all that's going on while the workout's going on. And so I think that like when people say, people look at F45 sometimes and say, um, well, the coaches don't have to do the workout, so it's not as hard. I was yeah. like, dude, you have no idea the, the, the mental capacity it takes to not only not only put a smile on your face when you get somebody, because I mean, like one of the, you know, like we'll get sometimes members will be like, um, I don't think the music's good enough for this workout. And I'm like, I do not care. <laughs> uh, I'm not a DJ. Uh, yeah. I'm here to guide you through your workout. Right, exactly. And so um, I think that, and always like make sure that everyone is equal attention. Um, so I think that like, like, if, if you want to, in my opinion, if you're at a fitness studio and you want to be a good owner to do a practice class that you lead yourself, bring in like 10 coaches and make two of them come in late. And I just want you to see what it feels like, like stress wise. Or like, just have them do an actual class. Yeah. Or actual classes. Like yeah. it's hop in a class too as well. And so I think that like I was at row house today with Valerie. And so she was doing like the majority of the workout on the roar with us. And I'm like, I'll be like, that's tough. But at the same time, like she has, uh, like she, it's, that's tough as well. But I feel that oftentimes like other coaches at other studios that don't do like the workout with them, they feel like it's not like you're not working hard enough. And then on top of that, after class, like we're mopping just like you do here. We're mopping, we're cleaning up urine and we're in the bathrooms. Like, in, Oh yeah. <laughs> I said that like they were peeing on the floor. Yeah, no, not, don't hey, get me wrong. There's F45 urine in the bathrooms. Pee on the floor. That's what I heard. That's a good word. So, but not um, a legacy barbell, but F45 pee on the floor. <laughs> so, um, but I will say that our members at F45 Edo and Memorial are very considerate, man. I've, I've, they're very strong knit people, very respectful of the coaches. And um, the only people that we get that really don't know the vibe just yet are the newcomers and they don't really know. But I would say like all the newcomers I met recently have been really understanding. But no one's given us any pushback and they're very grateful for what we've done for them, well, which I is huge. And, and that's good. And, and and going back to the, the, the studio owner thing, you know, like I said, this is where that gratefulness, that thankfulness, mm -hmm. you know, I, I tell the guys here, I'm like, hey, most of your money's made at the very end of the day. Mm -hmm. the, the bulk of your day when you work here is just being nice to people and remembering names. Yeah, that's, you know what, it's interesting you say that because that's the first thing I remember. Two things are I remember meeting you for the first time at Legacy. And that, man, three and a half years ago, yeah. maybe longer. Almost four. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. So number one is I sent you, uh, our, I sent Legacy Barbell a message on Facebook. Yeah. You responded within like 30 seconds. It was like, <laughs> I was like, dude, this guy is awesome. Like if he's going to respond this fast, that shows you how much you cared and how much passion you had. I was like, hey, man. Um, I think I, I was asking, like, if you have kettlebells or yeah. sleds or something. It's like, yeah, we got two sleds. We got kettlebells up to uh, 60 pounds. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, this guy's awesome. And then uh, when I came in, the name recognition is everything. And that's what we preach at F45, too. We, we are – see, we're lucky enough to when we have a class, we have the names of the people that come in. But you have a tougher job <laughs> because, like, you have people from all over the place coming in here. But you can walk over and – you just say hello, and when you see people's faces light up and they see your face, you know you're doing good. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. 
that's that's the the biggest part of owning a business is personalizing it. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like I, one day I hope to be a bigger gym. I hope to have multiple uh, branches, stores. You want one in store. Bali? <laughs> Man, I want one in Shanghai. I want one in Bali. I want I want one everywhere. But what I want is I want it to be one of those things of like, I want to preach to every single person that works at Legacy Barbell. I, I want everyone to go. Remember their name. Mm-hmm. Do not remember a key tag. Mm-hmm. That is not what we're about. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, we have a new new lady, Sonia. Sonia just signed up a week and a half ago. She talked to me for about an hour one night mm-hmm. about four weeks ago. <laughs> she had uh, gastric sleeve surgery. Oh man! And so you know, it's the first time in her life she's she's getting going. Sure. And like she goes. She goes, my name's Sonia. I go, Sonia, I remember you. How you doing? How are you recovering from your surgery? And she's like, you remember all that? Like, yes, ma'am, of course. Mm-hmm. So what did we decide? And she was just like, I want to I want to join. Mm-hmm. And I want to do personal training. And I told uh, I told one of my guys, you know, hey, you know, this is, uh, what, this is what we're due. And mm-hmm. this is what we're dealing with here. And I said, you know, there's kind of like a financial situation here that's going to not really work out for him. And he goes, you know what? Screw it. I'll do it for that price. And I'll do 12 sessions mm-hmm. instead of 10. Yeah. He goes, she's coming in here after gastric sleeve surgery and they're spending what money they have left over to do this. I want to help out. Yeah. And I was like, dude, you're a rock star. Yeah. That's what it is, man. It's like, that's another thing too, is that I think people are understanding the power not the power, but like the the amount of work that trainers put into their clients or their a- athletes or whomever. Um, but I feel that like more and more people are aware that like that's another thing too is that a lot of times like personal trainers we try to like keep a lot of the advice and the knowledge we have close to our chest only because that's very valuable to us. And I was like joking with someone. I'm like, look, oh, so uh, you work in insurance, right? Yeah, cool cool i'm gonna walk into your office and just ask for free insurance Can, is that cool yeah. <laughs> you know it's like no just free insurance he's like well it's not the same i'm like it is like you know like it's i'm i'm working for myself and say i have meal plans i don't want to give them out for free but i do want to help someone and i'm like look like give me a little bit of your time give me five to ten minutes okay cool i know a little bit about you well here's a meal plan that fits your needs so more and more people are aware of trainers that put food on their table and feed their families through the knowledge and the programs that they have and i think that's super cool because there's like a big shift in fitness now especially because of covid where they're like physical fitness should be a part of my life absolutely it doesn't have to be hardcore lifting olympic lifting moving your body is crucial to every you don't have to be in a serious training environment. Nope. You don't have to be at a hardcore gym or a Not at all. fitness club or a, a 24-hour yeah. uh, Globo gym. <laughs> I watched that movie the other day. Yeah. Dodgeball. <laughs> We're better than you. We <laughs> know it. <laughs> Remember when he says, he says, hey, uh, Michelle, it's like, uh, add five pounds to the scales before you leave, you know, at <laughs> the ladies' locker room, you know. This is my fitness consigliere, Michelle. No one makes me bleed my own blood. <laughs> I got to, I got to finish that movie. It's still one of my favorite so lines good. for that movie. Yeah, but but that's the thing. Like, you don't have to. You just need to get something moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I see stuff happen, and I'll get to know somebody. They'll come in here and. 
like, you know what? I want to go down the road. No worries. No, mm-hmm. I'm not going to stress you out, yeah. you know? And we, they're usually pretty cool about it. And, you know, I'll see them or whatever, and they'll, they'll call up and go, hey, listen, I really liked your gym, but this wasn't a good fit for me. Mm-hmm. Or they'll go to cancel because they came in for a couple of weeks, and they're like, you know, it's just not a good fit. I think I'm going to go over to X gym yeah. or X place. Yeah. And I go, you know, as long as you are still pursuing fitness. Absolutely. And a healthy lifestyle. No skin off my back. Thank you for coming in and filling out the form. And we're here for you in the future if you need us. Yeah. And uh, we got that, too, because with COVID, we had some cancellations, too, as well. And um, to all the members who have canceled their membership for various reasons, I totally respect all of them. And my opinion, my opinion of them, my respect for them, nothing changes. It's like, look, you know, um, I just want you to continue being happy. If you're not happy here, we'll, or if you're not seeing... Like if you're not, if it's not the fit or maybe you find some financial hardships, that's cool too as well. Like I totally understand that, but just realize that when you come here, I'll give you everything I got and uh, you're always welcome back, you know? And, And so I think that like a lot of people get stuck into like, well, this is the best training environment. No, this is the best. I'm like, time out, just remove that word, the best, and just look them, what is the what is one way that you can move that you like, that you enjoy, that you have fun with? Like, that's one thing I, I do like about F45 is the circuit training that we do is just a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, we goof off sometimes. We have fun. And um, so it's a lot of, like, it's a lot of, like, just getting to know each other. And I think that, like, when you break down the walls of, like, who's better than the other, this power lifter, blah, 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 you just go, I'm like, just move, man. Just yeah. move your body. Like, just go for a walk or... Do Just some move, light be happy. Yeah, that's it. Forward be, progression. Be kind. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, dude, man, this is like I've been wanting to get this done for about like man, a we gotta do now. this again, man. This is yeah, fun. Definitely before January, for sure, for sure. Because I don't want to, you know, do one from Bali. Yeah. Well, you and Bali. If I'll do one from Bali, but I'll be there. Yeah, I'll, I'll get that you a plane ticket. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, no, nah, I'm gonna ship my podcast equipment down there. We're gonna do this. <laughs> So, yeah, man. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, man. And, uh, you know, like, keep doing what you're doing because, you know, when I walked through the doors today of the new Legacy Barbell, it just, like, it's almost like a feeling of nostalgia. It's like, oh, man, this every time I'm here, I just feel so. Guys, if you're in the Woodlands, Spring, Magnolia, Conroe area, come check it out. Uh, I know personally. I mean, I remember back in the days when it was just me and you in the mornings. Oh, yeah. And I would just be like, it's another day, 5 a.m. What's yeah. up, Henry? You What's know? up, man? I'm like, oh, I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, all right, man, take a nap real quick. If someone comes in, I'll talk to Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But, yeah, thanks for having me, man. Dude, so uh, let's let's put it out there for everybody to find you. Where can they find you? So um, I would say the easiest way was just Instagram. It's just Juddy Ferguson, uh, J-U-D-D-Y. F-E-R-G-U-S-O-N. Um, and then all my website stuff's on there, jennyferguson.com. But, um, yeah, I, I just like to pay, make people laugh, so that's probably the number one way. And then hopefully the app will be launching in about uh, a month. I'm still working on the inner workings. And, um, yeah, like uh, that's it. They're just Juddy Ferguson that's awesome, on man. Instagram. So, guys, do me a favor. Go find him. Go friend him, follow him, like him, do all that fun stuff. And I'm also going to put a link because the book is hilarious. I'm going to put, you know, once was a nice guy on there because you guys got to read that. Order it. Listen, 
order it, pay for it, support my friend, but also just read it. It's a funny <laughs> book. It's it's awesome. Thank you. So do that for me, guys. And on my end of things, as always, thank you so much. You guys have made this creative outlet just as much fun as humanly possible. If you like what you hear, hit like, download, leave me reviews, share. This is what it's about. It's about social interaction, having a good time. Y'all have a wonderful day. Be blessed. And adios, motherfuckers. And adios, motherfuckers. And adios, motherfuckers. And adios, motherfuckers. 